We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. At the Lamb Shows, where you can find me, my guy, A-Double. What up? Yo, some big stuff just happened. Dude, what a... This fucking league, man. The NBA is out of control. Two blockbuster trades. Harden is on the nets. You know what's funny? I was... I went back through the Instagram, and we had actually talked about... Right around the start of the NBA, we had like a general broad conversation about... Harden, we use Harden as like the yeah. main talking point, but we talked about like how do we feel about super teams? Yeah. We spent like 15 20 minutes, and then lo and behold, a couple weeks later, we have a super team Man. Harden to the Nets. What are you, how do you feel about it? This? Just came so quickly. I know we heard rumblings for about a month, but just based on last night, the press conference, and then you've seen comments from John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. You expect maybe it'll take a couple of days like for all this materialize, and then within what eight hours, kaboom, like. You know, it makes sense given look hard just doesn't want to be there. I can't remember the last time a superstar has came out and been so candid. You know, you could say what you want about James Harden, at least he was candid about it. He just wanted out. You know, he probably didn't handle it the right way, but you know, based on his weight and just, you know, maybe his actions, but look, he's out and just when things can get more crazier in Brooklyn, things get crazier. Oh, I mean, between the Kyrie stuff, the Durant dynamic, now Harden is over there and they gave up a lot to get him. But just the idea of now we have yet another super team. I like the way the Nets looked so far through the first couple of weeks, especially when they had Kyrie and Durant. Like, dude, you have two of the 15 best players in the league, maybe top 10 best players in the league. And now you just add Harden also. It's funny. I have a stat here in front of me. 92.9% usage rate combined those three, which basically means if you're anyone else on this team, Pull up in the corner and just relax. Well, that's what Joe Harris is for. <laughs> you need that token yeah, white dude in yeah. the corner just to spot up and fucking bang it, threes. It is unfortunate that Jared Allen got traded and the Levert's is stud too, but I thought Allen just being this 
you know, the center of that offense, he just plays an integral part because, you know, they need like a defensive enforcer. I don't think at his age, Andre Jordan could really do that anymore. So I think losing Jared Downs is probably the loss that has fans hurting. I'd agree with you. And talking to Ahmed, talking to Dylan, also who are Nets fans for yeah, when you get years. Dylan on his ASAP. <laughs> oh, dude, I've been texting Dylan. Shouts to Dylan, man. Everyone loved that podcast. And it's funny because I was talking to him and all his concerns were what we talked about on the podcast about how the super team and obviously he loves super teams because yeah. his team benefited from a super team. Right. But you're right, man. The consensus talking to Nets fans, the big concern is losing Allen because he is a center. We're like Levert, great up and coming player. You were bound to lose him though. If you're gonna yeah, get hardened, you, ha- you yeah. had to. Yeah. Levert was gonna go in any trade package, whether it was gonna be for Beal, that was rumored, mm-hmm. whether it was gonna be for Harden, which it was. Mm-hmm. You had to. If you're the yeah. other team, you're like, yo, Levert's probably the best prospect that I can get from the Nets in this exchange. Right. So and then Levert doesn't even go to Houston, right? Indiana swoops in. Yeah, and Oladipo goes to Houston. Yeah, there's just so much moving parts. I, don't, I like I like Oladipo, but I've always it, liked Oladipo. But is he though. like is he back back? Because obviously he suffered a pretty devastating injury. He's he's had moments right. like really promising moments, but I think that's just growing pains, bro. Coming back from an injury like that, like it really took Paul George about eighteen months to go back to the Paul George prior to that. Team USA injury that he suffered. But it's... You're right about how we started this whole conversation, bro. Just like yesterday, well, at the time of recording, Tuesday, the press conference after the game, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what else I could do, something along the lines. Boogie Cousins is like, yo, we weren't on good terms from the moment that I had the interview. John Wall's like, bro, you already gave up. We're nine games into the season. We're talking about like how 14 players you disrespected. Yeah, 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 of course. When when it gets to that level, it's a wrap, bro. Like I saw stats that this first time since 2012, James Harden's gone four games without scoring more than 20 points since 2012. Yo, there was a play where he legit just has the ball at like the top of the key and just throws it. To, I think it's John Wall, but throws it like so lackadaisical and throws it to like that half half court. Yeah. And it's like, yo, he is so checked out. Man, like I wonder, is it just him each other? Also, does he have to get back into like game shape? Like I'm wondering how long it will take from the acclimate in Brooklyn because like, we don't know what his weight's like right now. There's been some pictures that have looked rough, but also it yeah. could be the angle too. It could, you know? yeah. That's why I want to be, I want to go be too overly critical, but it's just ah you hate to see a superstar like kind of go that route but i do appreciate the press conference though he just said look it's clear we don't have the talent what's the point because i think ultimately he wanted out before the season he just couldn't get his way and now he got his way well i'll tell you this much uh i'll probably if i'm a if i'm a fan of a team you know like an as a knicks fan Mm -hmm. i'm probably never buying a jersey for a guy because they're just i know Harden gave him seven eight years Mm -hmm. but it's like that in a lot of sports, to be it's fair. so crazy. Yeah. But the NBA is... Oh, it, NBA is on our level. It's on another level. We haven't seen that happen in the NFL until, tremendous segue, maybe Deshaun Watson. Well, man. Yo, what's good with Houston, bro? I just mentioned like Houston, man. They still got the hip-hop, at least. Shady, I feel like you have a soft spot <laughs> Hell yeah, I grew up on Houston hip-hop, man. Like, I love Houston. I was chopping screw back in 2004, man. Like, I love Houston, so it hurts my heart. And just seeing... How things have just crumbled. You, you know, have the John soul, J- the music soul of someone from the South. Yeah, dude. That's like Atlanta, 
Houston, L- Houston. little Memphis here and there. You know, like that new Juicy J album, people. You gotta listen to Juicy J. Oh my god, that shit was crazy. Chameleonaires yeah. and shit too. Yeah, like damn. But uh, Houston, I guess this just it culminated. So, you know, with both these organizations, I think it just started with like the Andre Hopkins situation. Now this, and like you just see it, like like it's crazy just how Andre Johnson has not had a post since April 2019 that didn't involve Crown Royal Ed, and he comes out with this. And even Aaron Foster said it. And Aaron Foster has pretty much checked out of football. Does not follow sport whatsoever. Doesn't care. And he just says, man, when, DeAndre, when uh, Andre Johnson is upset, you know something's up. So the fact that, you know, because I think he was part of the like the core where they were supposed to help out with the GM search firm. Like he was supposed to help like advocate. And now you have him here being critical organization and Jack Esterby is like the biggest villain now. Like I think he's replaced Bill O'Brien. He's next guy's got to get out of town. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. And you wonder at this point, like now they're trying to interview Eric Bieniemy. Who knows that's going to happen? Like everything just seems like a huge cluster in Houston. Bro, look, look at this timeline of Andre Johnson tweets right now, right? <laughs> so his tweet on the, the, the 12th is the, the one that we're referencing to uh, 103.3 thousand favorites. Like likes, I should say. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. Since Jack Esterby has walked into the building, nothing good has happened in for the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what's going on. Pathetic. Then Arian Foster chimes in and he goes, yo, when when Andre speaks up, you know it's a problem. And then you're right, right? Ad for Crown Royale. Then he retweets him being on Good Morning Football. Another ad for Crown Royale. And then his last tweet that had nothing to do with an ad was Dame Lillard. Man, that was crazy. (laughs) It was 2019. So, yeah, dude, for him to come out and be outspoken. And then you saw Arian Foster, too, who, you know, he got hurt when he was in in Houston. And sort of that relationship got a little weary towards the end. And, man, I've been waiting for a guy like Watson in that situation with that organization, don't have a first round pick this year. That goes to Miami. They're picking third, right? You're, you're, you're the Dolphins. Imagine they made the playoffs, bro. Like you might be a playoff team, and then you have a top three pick. Yeah, that's still a great spot. Great, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. If you're Miami, you like what you're doing yeah. there. One of the teams that Watson is linked to. I know I'm jumping around a lot here, but I want to go back to this uh, player empowerment movement that has sort of happened from the NBA guys now with Watson. Do you think Watson has the cachet to be a guy that could force his hand out? He's such a well-mannered person. Like he still hasn't even made a public statement. He just he's checked out. So I think it's gonna come down to the new GM Nick uh, Mancero. They're just gonna have that conversation because like, I don't think Kyle McNair's done any favors. He's talking about building walls around the organization. I think building walls is a term you don't want to use in 2021. So what he's done. And I just I think he's been upset just Houston as an organization in general. And let's not forget when they hired a search firm, they were supposed to like consult Watson. I think they they said we're gonna see we're gonna really do a deep search, and then they just hired you know the guy from New England like three days later. So I think Watson was promised a lot of things and he just hasn't got back. But I thought the Hopkins trade was something that could push him over the top. The fact that I think he went a full season and just a lot of these Houston games like they were in it. There were one possession losses. You know I mentioned both losses to the Colts. I think they were close against Baltimore. They had a run against Pittsburgh. Like Watson, like kind of single-handedly carried them because we know that defense is atrocious. So I don't know how much leverage he has because 
it's going to be a huge, huge price they're going to be coming. And who knows if they're even going to be like asking. I think they're going to do everything in their power to you know get on good terms with me because I just think how do you recover from losing Watson? Like you could try to get a couple first round picks, maybe get Tua, but it's just a top five QB. Like you're really going to trade him after trading a top three wide receiver. Like you're going to do back to back years. At this point, like, why don't you sell the organization then? Like, just admit it. Like, you're just completely don't care. Because I think that's what you're saying to your fan base if you trade Deshaun Watson. You got to do everything in your power to get on good terms with him. He's 24 years old, coming off the best year of his career. Mm-hmm. Love that video. Did you catch that video on NFL? I mean, JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Yeah, he's right. He's yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. JJ Watt has seen the shit bag of quarterbacks right. in Houston. And yo, 24 years old, coming off a career year, and don't. You haven't done anything to help him, bro. Like, you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and we've, at nauseum, I've talked about the relationship that them two had. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Maldo, who's a fan of the show, he lives out in Houston. He's like, bro, they would do commercials together all the time. Those, like, local yeah. car dealership commercials or whatever. Like, all the time. They were, like, homies, the Clemson connection as well. And then you, you give that up. And, look, he just got paid, right? He has a potential out after year four. But you're looking at a cap hit of $15 million next year, $40.4 million in 2022, $42 million in 2023. He'll be 27 years old. And then 37 and $32 million in 2024 and 2025. But it's a lot of money that he's owed. <clears throat> I'm doing whatever I can to bring in Watson. Yeah. Because I'm not trading for a wide receiver. I'm not trading for Stephon Diggs for as great as Diggs has been. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, if I have a chance to get Deshaun Watson... There's n- nothing to compare it to. You do it. Yeah. The whole point of your draft capital is to find a Deshaun Watson. It's just, if, is it accessible? Like, I don't, I don't think it is right now unless Watson really forces his hand because think about it. Houston's bringing a new GM. They're going to bring in a new coach. Like, they can't just say to themselves, oh, all right, Watson doesn't want to be here. Like, they're going to do everything they can to just get him back on board. And who knows? Like, the Maybe the enemy comes in, even though they kind of disrespect them, or they bring in another offensive mind. But it's just the fact that it's gone this awry is very concerning. Like you don't see relationships between organizations and franchise quarterbacks go this badly. <coughs> like it's been a long time since we've seen like a real feud between a franchise quarterback or one like on a real superstar level. Like Aaron Rodgers had issues in Green Bay, but they've been steadily handled i know things got a little dicey but it didn't get bad to this extent like this is just and watson's the furthest thing from you know someone that's gonna i don't want to categorize him as a diva but like you know watson's not someone that's going to create tension in the locker room he's someone that a whole locker room could get behind so it's not gonna be a situation where he's gonna be like bring this toxic energy and he's on like he's not gonna just check out he's gonna be supportive but look these players they have every right to be frustrated and after all he's put into that organization he deserves more so i don't blame one bit if he wants to just completely check out fantasy book where do you, where would you want to see san francisco him? It's, no it's like no debate really put him and chance together he's won mvp they're gonna win division and they'll contend for a super bowl Oh my God! Those quarterbacks in that division would be fire. Three of those quarterbacks. Three, yeah. And, and look, I, I'm we're, we're gonna talk about the Rams soon. I'm all in the Rams, but that QB series, I'm yeah. good with golf. But, but you know, you're talking about the other three. Oof. Oh man. Yeah, dude. I, I think San Fran would be perfect. I know people are talking about Miami. Miami still has a lot of work to do with their skill position players, 
outside of Parker and Gazicki, no one really excites me over there. So I understand Miami, they're a budding franchise. They still have a lot of cap space. I'm sure they're going to get, whether it's Robinson or Galladay or Godwin's available. Like, they're going to get a big-time receiver this offseason, uh, Miami. But I just think, I don't know. I want to see Watson in a real offense with a true mastermind. What better is there than Kyle Shannon? 33 pass touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 70% completion. Dude, the craziest thing about that is he ain't really throwing checkdowns. No, he pushes he's the ball. He's tearing it out. Dude, he's throwing the Chad Anson. <laughs> yeah, but like Brandon Cooks, got to show him love. You know, me versus Brandon Cooks is a UFC he, he, co-main. He did, it, he did his thing this year. He Brandon played Cooks. really well and was able to stay healthy. And obviously his relationship with Will Fuller out there too. These aren't guys that are catching three, four-yard slants. Like they're... Will Fuller's a free agent. I yeah. how, if they don't bring him back, that's because I remember Watson when he said uh, after trade down, said uh, publicly, if, oh, if they trade Will Fuller, it would have been hell because him and Will Fuller are really tight. So I wonder how that's going to pan out because Will Fuller, as great as he is, he's not Mr. Reliable. We know that. Mm. Man, well, San Fran, you know, I was going to say, I was going to say New England. They got work to do, though. But they have a lot of holes. Yeah. They got work to do personnel wise. <laughs> I want him out of Houston. I get it. I want to see what they do coach-wise. I want to see who they hire before I'm really going to push towards it. If they get like a Joe Brady, Brian Dable, I'm going to side by it. But if they got, I don't know, top bulls. Like. If, you're, if you're a head coach, you have to at least go into this meeting like, yo, what's good with Watson? Because you can't take that. Because if you're taking that, we were talking about how that that's probably the most appealing job because they have not anymore, right? After what's going on, right? But if you're if you're a head coach and you're going over there, if I mean if I'm a head coach, I'm stepping into that meeting. I'm like, yo, what are we doing with Watson? Right. Because your job is only appealing because you have Deshaun Watson. I think other than Detroit and Philly, there's not a less appealing job in Houston now. I think Houston's just really damaging itself PR wise. They're not in hell like Philly. Like Philly's a disaster right now, and Detroit's always Detroit. Just, there's nothing appealing about Detroit to me right now. But besides that, I just think what Houston's done. And first of all, their defense is a train wreck. But now what they've done, just from the outside looking in, it's just how can you feel confident about them going forward? We mentioned the Rams in passing. Hell of a call, sir. I got to give you, got to pay homage. That defense is. It's not playing games, man. Dude, what a performance, man. Brand still has earned himself three interviews once they get eliminated. Or, hey. At this point, I think this defense is good enough to carry them to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. You're getting wild, wild. No, why not? The defense, yeah. No, you're right. I think at this point, like, if you're a team in the playoffs, you got to have those aspirations. And then also, I think if you're you're leaving that game, and it was something we touched on last week when we were previewing this, man, Akers is a stud, dude. He carried a load. Hell, yeah. That offense line was moving people. And I just love the fact, like, you watch a lot of these runs. Like, the Rams, they'll have, like, Woods on an end around or Coop, Cooper Cup on an inside sweep. They'll fake it. And they'll just have these receivers going into motion. And you have these linebackers trying to guess. Like, Bobby Wagner had a really bad game. And K.J. Wright didn't play well. Like, those linebackers, they had Seattle just all over the place. They are really disjointed. So, you know, it suits the Rams O-line. But I just love how much Sean McVay. Like, to me, Sean McVay knows how to put his offense in high favorable situations. Like, the way he helped Goff manage that game and just put the ball in Akers' hands as much as possible, 
it was a masterful coaching performance and you really saw why the rams are such a problem like why they're so difficult to beat because between their talent and then their coaching staff it's it's the reason why they're this good i think this game is going to come down to the matchup between ramsey and adams I really think that that's going to determine who wins this game because Adams is the be-all, end-all for them offensively. Obviously, Rodgers. Right. MVP year, for sure. But you take a look at just that's what the workhorse. Devontae Adams has done. 115 catches, 1374 was the yardage total, 18 touchdowns. We've also mentioned how he's missed two and a half games. Right. And Ad- uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking about how you know he Adams made the 99 club in Madden. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, he he probably would have broke the Randy Moss record, 22 touchdowns in a year if he would have played. I mean, this guy was dropping multiple touchdown games pretty much all the time, it seemed like. Right. He is, I think a lot of people are making the Ramsey-Adams matchup. And I feel like they're kind of discrediting Adams. Like, oh, Ramsey's been so amazing and he's going to shut him down and everything that Ramsey has done against DeAndre Hopkins twice, DK Metcalf, all these number one receivers he's guarded. But it's like, oh, hold on. Sometimes the wide receiver. Well, this is the end all be all. This is the number one. This is the true number one best wide receiver. And regardless, he's going to see double digit targets because Rodgers is not going to shy away from that. So I feel like, and I see it a lot in the fantasy community when you're talking about like DFS and matchups. It's like, oh, you know, Ramsey defense, uh, Patrick Peterson defense. It's like, yo, bro, sometimes you have a stallion on the outside that's going to win those battles too. And a, an offensive <laughs> coach like Matt LaFleur that knows how to scheme open plays. And Adams does run routes in the slot quite a bit. I wonder if Ramsey will go in the slot with him. I'm not sure. Sometimes outside corners are uncomfortable doing it. You know, Patrick Pierce and Xavier Rhodes in his prime, these were corners that would shadow receivers into the slot. I'm not sure if Ramsey's that type of player. So I think that's one thing to monitor because you, know, you see quite a bit They'll motion Amps to the slot. They'll put MVS or Lazardi outside, and then they'll run it from there. So, you know, look, Ramsey will shadow him on the outside. You're going to see that matchup a lot. But I do think there might be moments where Adams goes in the slot, and you might not see Ramsey go there, and, and that might be the moment. Okay, Rodgers, boom. Even though Rodgers is the type of quarterback, he's not fearing anyone. Like, he will take his chances because the rapport between him and Adams is just it's untouchable right now. This is the first playoff game since the 2011 AFC Championship game. To feature a player with more receiving touchdowns than the opposing team allowed in the regular season. Damn. So Adams has had a phenomenal season. I think offensive player of the year. Yeah, I know. I, I think so too. I know people are going to say Derrick Henry, and everyone knows I love Derrick Henry, but you can't really go wrong with either. But I just think what Adams has done is slightly more impressive. And also the fact that he missed two and a half games. Like you're probably looking at these numbers being more inflated yeah. than what they were now. Right. Yeah. But where, where are uh, you in this matchup? Who, who, who are you favoring? I you still got favorite Green Bay as much as all the Rams. No, just, no, I meant I meant oh. in the, this this one v one because I oh. really think it, that's what it's going to come down to. You also have to <clears throat> how what's the fishing going to be like? Oh, Ramsey yeah. is very aggressive. Will they be? It's a good point. Yeah, I thought they let things go in a Seattle game. So what's going to happen? Because I think Adams is the best route runner in the league. He's released off the line of scrimmage. He gives everyone problems. He is just so explosive. So I'm wondering just how, how you know, we got to look at the fishing. Like, what's it going to be like? So I don't know. If I had to give an advantage, I'm going to slightly give it to Adams, but Ramsey's as good as it gets. I think we know that. In the last 50 seasons, Alan, this is the fourth playoff game in which 
the passing touchdown leader, and the defense that allowed the fewest pass touchdowns that season have matched up. The pass TD leader, the quarterback, three and zero in these matchups. All right, and I think the other concerning stat, I think he's like zero and four with like a QB rating of fifty eight. Under 30-degree weather, Jared Goff, no, no. Like, who could forget that Sunday night game in Chicago just like two years ago? He just looked – he didn't look like he belonged in the league. Like, something about Goff and cold weather games, it's a huge concern. I know they're going to be man- – like, he's practically a game manager at this point, coming off the surgery. But still, he's going to have to make some throws. And if he can't, you're just going to give Green Bay's offense more and more opportunities. And even though Green Bay's defense is – average or if you want to say slightly above average they still have players that can make you pay i think darnell savage has had a breakout year you know we're talking about top corner Alexander alexander's right at the top of the list you know they still have their front with kenny clark and uh, zadarius smith and uh, preston smith they were sean gary who's kind of a flop last year he's really come on he was kind of a questionable first round pick he's become a force up front so green bay has players that could change it up so let's not forget about that even though i know the matchup all the attention's going towards that packers offense rams defense yeah, like their total defense is ninth in the league. This yeah. isn't a, the 27th ranked right. defense. This is a legitimate defense. I think the fact that it's in Lambeau, oh, I, yeah. I go back to the what you said. Uh, what game was it that you said Jordy Nelson and Rodgers were talking about? Yo, we got to get Oh, it was Atlanta. We got to get the a- NFC title yeah. game in Lambeau. When they, when they got smoked by Atlanta, Georgia Dome, they were talking about it. Rodgers like, we got a good game here. And they're one win away. Yeah, man. I think it's going to be too much for that offense. The Rams offense. Yeah. Also, Cooper Cup didn't practice today at the time of recording. Well, Aaron, Aaron Donald has like torn rib call. I know he's a ter- he's a Terminator coach, Sean McVay, but like he, when he got injured, like I don't remember him doing much in the fourth quarter of that game because he got injured like late third quarter, mm-hmm. and like he, I'm not sure, like he barely came back, made it back onto the field. And like I know the Rams skill because we gotta give some love, like guys like Morgan Fox, Leonard Floyd, Darius Williams had the pick six, like uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, like they've had so many young players just come on this year. And I know Staley's known for that too high scheme, and like he's putting his players in great positions. But it just it's it's incredible just how many players emerge because we were talking about the offseason. Oh wow, the Rams have lost a lot of star talent, and they've made up for it in a lot of different ways. And this is a team that remember they haven't had a first round draft pick since 2016, so they're really drafting third, fourth round of these finding these gems. So uh, I think that's something that you have to admire. But another. Big thing, especially with the Packers, I think this is their second game without him. No David Bakhtiari at left tackle. And they so they signed Jared Valdir, which crazy story, who literally just played for the Colts last Saturday. They, why? Why? How did that happen? Because he was on the practice squad. So you have his rights? Yeah, you could, you could sign him. Like the Bills just signed Devontae Freeman. Salute to Devontae Freeman. Uh, they signed him from the Giants practice squad. So, uh, or I think the Giants just waved them, maybe. I don't know. But, like, I know Freeman's on the Bills now. So, they did this with Veldir, where if someone's on the practice squad, they could get him in. But here's the crazy thing. He just tested positive for COVID. So, now, I don't know who's their left tackle going to be. Like, they have some offensive line issues. So, that's something that you have to monitor because we know this Rams pass rush can get after it. So, you're telling me if I'm on the practice squad for the Chiefs at the start of the year. Like, say the Chiefs, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. They took a stab on Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. and he's on the practice squad, and then they cut him after week three. And then he goes to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay loses in this round against the Saints. Then they can sign I him? Think, to- I think you have to be on a practice squad to get signed. I don't know the exact rules, but like Veldir was on the Colts practice squad. He just came out of retirement. Like Literally, he was retired. He was coaching high school football, and he played for the Colts a couple games, and their season's over, so... 
That's so yeah. wild. It's so wild. Yeah, so Green Bay did it, but now he's just yeah. tested positive for COVID. So that would have been a pretty crazy story. He would have been the first player ever to play for two different teams in the playoffs. That's so insane. Yeah, yeah. it's not something that you hear all the yeah, time. That's how dire the tackle situation is. The line is six and a half in favor of Green Bay. I think it's Green Bay all the way here. Yeah, I just the way Rodgers is playing right mm-hmm. now, like I, he's gonna he's gonna have his lumps. He's gonna struggle a bit. He's probably gonna get hit a bunch, but I just trust him efficiency wise that uh, he'll make enough throws. And let's not forget Aaron Jones is no slouch. I know that Rams front has been stuffing the run for a majority of the year, but you know I do think Aaron Jones is such a versatile weapon. And who knows what the weather's gonna be like? But you could use him to pass the game. It's just I trust Green Bay enough where it's like okay they'll score enough points and. I just golf. I think I would be way more on the Rams if golf was simply better. Like, I don't think it's like, of course, his thumb is a problem, but I just don't trust him, period. And I think this is the game where who knows their special teams issues because the Rams are like one of the worst teams special teams wise. They've had three kickers this year. You know, Mason Crosby is one of the best in the league. So it's just there's too many factors. As much as I love the Rams, where I'm just like, ah, things could get, things could fall apart. Now, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I could see eventually fourth quarter golf you know, a couple of crucial turnovers and it's a wrap so you're going with the packers as well gotta go with the packers <clears throat> yeah me too i think they cover this six and a half i'm really this is my second favorite game i think this is an awesome game this rams green bay one yeah you know the best the best ones right after i'm beyond I, thrilled for this one i do prefer the saturday slate to sunday oh i don't think it's close ravens bills Woo! yo how about this it's supposed to snow oh no that buzz kills it slightly for me. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, I was listening to an interview, and he said that he's never played in the snow. He's never played in that kind of cold weather. What about Josh Allen? He's from Wyoming. Does it snow? Yeah, like? but he's a Buffalonian now, bro. That's it. You're like, yo, do you. Rodgers is from Cal. Yeah, but he's been in the league for like 15 years. True, true. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brady hey, also, we can't Brady compare. Just... We can't bear a three year player to a 15 year player. player. <laughs> yeah, but when you're in Buffalo, bro. You All right. Them... He's he's become slowly ingrained to it. Okay. okay. I got All you. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, um, Lamar Jackson was talking about, like, yo, I'm, you know, hope it's not that cold. And I'm already a little concerned. I went to the Giants Falcons playoff game. You were there as well. We yeah, were. Really like, well, I love how you say, like, oh, I was there. Like, you know, I was there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, just subtle shots. I'll never forget in warm-up, I see Matt Ryan do this. And I was just like, yeah, that's a wrap. That's a Boston College boy. He forgot. He's been in the confines of the dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Gonzalez is telling him, like, yo, you all right, bro? Yeah. yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, yo, it's a wrap. And <laughs> I don't want to get too crazy, but I think if the first thing that Lamar Jackson is thinking about is the weather, sort of a red flag on this one, man. The thing is, he's not really throwing the ball too much. Like you could tell, like they were really focused on running a lot of RPOs. They were running a lot of pistol. Like it wasn't like they were pushing the ball downfield too much. Yeah, that interception was horrible. It was, but things happen. You could say the same thing about Josh Allen's fumble. That could have been a real costly fumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. He needs to be more aware in that situation. Like he was trying to fight off the sack, but it's like ball security. You gotta preserve it. So, you know, I think both quarterbacks. You know, Allen was slightly more fortunate, obviously, but. You know, I, I don't think it's that much issue. And plus, I think we have to kind of emphasize, like, Bill's defense looking rough. Mm-hmm. I, I was really disappointed by how they played against the Colts. I thought they allowed Rivers to have too many easy completions. What about Doyle and the tight ends? He 14 tight passes. Ends Dude, Cop, Mo Alley, Cox, Trey Burton, they're all getting open. Fuck. Now you're going against Mark Andrews. Well, Mark Andrews, and then if you get by this game and it goes chalk in the other game, we got to go up against Kelsey. Like, you're not really playing jobbers at tight end, bro. Like, no, no, no. You no. got to ex- you got exposed by probably the worst tight ends and that you're going to face on this route. Yeah, and like 
some of it was scheme, but other ones like Trey Burton was beating you. Mo like Cox was beating you. And they were running a lot of mesh. Like it was just there were just so many openings. I'm just like, when is a DB gonna make a play? I know they're trying to avoid Tre'Davious White, but I was just like, wow, I was really disappointed. And they, I don't think Rivers got sacked once. I know Rivers has a quick release, but I just expected more from Buffalo's defense. And I think that's a real concern going into this game because I think Baltimore's offense, you know, they haven't hit their stride. Like, I don't think they're going to get to where they were in 2019, but I feel like they're finding more of a groove now, especially committing to Dobbins and Edwards as their one-two back combo. Also, it was nice to see Hollywood Brown get going. He had a yeah, he made game. some nice yeah, plays. It was his first 100-yard game since week one. Nice time to show up. Right. But I think it was something I talked about with Taryn on the Monday show. Lamar Jackson needs to have like three, four, wow, what the fuck plays in order for them to win. He's more incapable of doing it. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying like the recipe for success for them has to be that. It has to be like a 30-yard run on third and eight that he picks up or that back-breaking like drive extending mm-hmm. where you know it might be a three and out and then it turns into right. a 12-play drive. But, but I think you got to look at what <clears throat> Frank Reich did and you know, Harbaugh and Greg Roman. They got to see it like... They, like the Colts that first half, they controlled the ball a lot. If they would have capitalized on a couple of red zone opportunities or made better decisions, like they could have won that game. I think Baltimore realizes we have a, like, I know they're explosive and you can't really, you can't completely design a ball control offense, but I think Baltimore realizes, okay, this could be a game where they have 30, 35 times run the ball between, you know, their multitude of ball carriers and obviously Lamar. Bill's Mafia is going to get after it again? Yeah, they're pretty loud. Yeah, they're pretty loud. Uh, I was trying to remember because it was kind of Tennessee had a lot of people there. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was like, whoa. My friend Jack was there. He showed me a picture. He sent me a video on Snapchat of the the crowd. It was like 15 to 20. Yeah, I was like, damn. And Kansas City's going to have fans. So it's like, all right, I guess fans are coming in. Like, it's just, it's it's different because obviously Pittsburgh didn't have any. Mm -hmm. So it just, you kind of, you're watching just like, okay, who has what? How many people are here? And just like, oh, wow, there's actually a reaction. But. Uh, I didn't know about the snow, though. That's definitely a little concerning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at night also, I think that's going to be a nice visual. You know, the Pills being able to play in Buffalo, yeah. night games, snow. That could be pretty cool. But this is a Ravens defense that you got to tip your captain on what they did last that week. That was a statement. Hell Besides yeah. the Rams, I thought the b- biggest uh, mm. highlight or just the most impressive unit last week was the Ravens defense. The way they shut down Derrick Henry. Corey Davis was a complete non-factor and just the way they were winning on third down like I don't know what Tennessee's third down conversion rate but it had to be a, below 40 percent like Baltimore was just gang after those DBs were just flying to the ball and this is gonna be a crazy matchup because we know Buffalo quietly won the best receiving corpse league like dude Gabriel Davis is really coming he made two unbelievable catches bro it seems like he scores a touchdown every week dude like I was talking about Cole Beasley's back John Brown's <clears> back <throat> Gabriel Davis like okay he's a decent deep throw but no he was making crucial plays I want to pull it up because I, I feel as if he scored like a good amount of touchdowns this year, dude. Well, I know he had that crazy one um, like it was to, with Matt Barkley week 17. But like two of those plays, like dude, Josh Allen, you want to talk about wow plays. He had about three of them in that game. The one down the right sideline where everyone thought he was throwing it away and he somehow hit Davis and Davis made the uh, tippy tackle uh, catch by signs. But then that pump fake on Kenny Moore. Yeah. And he just flung it. Like, there were some Mahomes-esque plays in this game where I'm like, whoa, okay, Josh Allen's operating on their level right now. How many touchdowns do you think Gabriel Davis has scored this year? Seven. Wow, that's exactly how many he I had it. a feeling. 
One less than Diggs. Diggs yeah. led the team in touchdowns. Because Brown's been out for an extended period of time, and they have a great chemistry. And uh, besides Kansas City, I don't think there's an offense lead that produces more explosive plays at a consistent rate than Buffalo. Like That's why Brian Dayball's gotten a lot of opportunities. Like you, you see, He's garnering a lot of interest because they just know how to get those 20-yard chunk plays. Are we concerned at all at the running backs in Buffalo literally getting 10 carries last week? Well, Zach Moss is now out for the rest <clears> of the playoffs. So that's Sam- why they got Singletary is going to handle the load. Uh, maybe TJ Yeldon will get involved. but TJ Yeldon? He's there. Back. No, you're right. He's there, yeah. yeah. So, But Baltimore, just, by the way, you want to talk about setting the edge. Like, Pernell Fee was playing like it was 2014. Clay's Campbell's getting after it. Like, you want to talk about that front. Well, Williams and Campbell didn't yeah. play the first meeting so week huge. 10 or 11 when they played the Titans. Right. And then that's why they, they shut down Derrick Henry. But I was really impressed with just Pernell McPhee because at this point, I thought injuries kind of ruined his career. But he came back with a vengeance and Gawkway was doing his thing. And Buffalo's O-line, they're a little shaky. Like, you saw Buckner was causing some damage. And um, not to get too much in the game, but dude, Darius Leonard, dude, Darius Leonard was making some plays last Saturday. Man, you want to talk about up there, best linebacker in the league. Darius learns the truth, but and I just I love what Baltimore is doing defensively. And Humphrey, you know, he's going to bring it, and you never know what to expect from Marcus Peters. I want to see Peters and Diggs go at it. You know, Peters is going to take his losses, but cornerback like him, if he just gets that one interception, if he could bait Josh Allen, who knows what he could do with it? He could take it to the house. That's a game changing play right there. So I love to see Peters and Diggs go at it. Yeah, this is definitely the most compelling game of the weekend. I oh, think it's God. the it's the only one that's a coin flip for me. It's tough. It's tough. I'm gonna lean with Buffalo, but it's the only outcome that would surprise me that wouldn't surprise me, excuse me, is if Baltimore was to win this game. I'd be shocked if the Rams won. Right. Understand understand. I'd be shocked if Cleveland wins. We'll get to them <laughs> in a second. And then other ones, a little coin flip. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I just don't think it's it. as appealing. I just think just the way mm. both these quarterbacks are playing right now, uh, the Bills the supporting cast. I think they have so many playmakers, and then it's the Ravens defense. Like that was such a huge statement. Like I, everyone knows, the Ravens defense is always going to bring it. Like they have more than enough talent to you know hold their own. But I just think of the way they shut down Derrick Henry. Like that was just a real statement. Like. You know, they made Arthur Smith look bad. I thought they completely outcoached the Titans, and the Titans have a good coaching staff, but it goes to show you Harbaugh and Martindale and you know Greg Roman, as much criticism as he gets, I thought he put together a decent game plan. So uh, it's going to be very fascinating just you know from a coaching standpoint because we know Dayball has been getting all the looks and everyone loves Sean McDermott. So I think just there's a lot to like in this one. This is the 10th instance of two teams on six-game winning streaks meeting in the playoffs, excluding the Super Bowl. And the Bal- home team is 8-1 and one in the previous nine instances. And Baltimore's been a quiet win streak. I think it's because they it'd be beat like Lassie, the yeah. Giants, the Bengals. That weird Tuesday game against Dallas. Yeah. So, yeah, I, could, yeah, I get it. That Browns win looks a lot better now. That's game of the year, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... I'm going Baltimore. <clears throat> wow. Okay. I'm just. I'm going with Buffalo. Okay. Nice I, little five dollar wager for the for the thrills. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. Next time we could go out, maybe in 2022, you'll buy the beer. Why you gotta have that? Why you gotta have that perspective? Come on, man. We're trying to think forward. Forward thinking here, man. Okay. Bro, Bills Mafia is gonna be wild. You know what my favorite videos that I see when they have the little kid he gets baptized. But what they do is they just oh. like gently put them through like a table. It's so I saw funny, that bro. they just flung them in. It was like, now 
it wasn't it was safe because they had i think like a cushion or they had like a mattress yeah under. it was like one of those like little kitty yeah. tables and so, they were, it's just so it, it wasn't funny, fun, but it just yo he flung me you just see the kick yo those are so good man yo, so man, good it's it's crazy like it's highly unlikely but could you imagine if the bills somehow got three home games like this stretch oh bro buffalo would burn down like i like if they beat baltimore if they're one game away from the super bowl yeah i'm not kidding if under different circumstances i'd probably be at this game man for real I got a lot of people that I could stay at and get tickets from, and, and dude, the bills are just dude. They're forced. You ever been to Buffalo? No, I've never been. Bro, it's a it's a dope like college town. Joey Diaz talks highly about Buffalo. Buffalo is lit, yeah. bro. You know, by the way, Joey Diaz and Stone Cold did a podcast. <laughs> I texted yesterday. I'm like, what the fuck did this crossover happen? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Two of my four goats. Yeah. Oh man, so good, so good. But you're going Baltimore? Yes, I'm going Baltimore. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Buff- uh, Buffalo, baby. Let's go. Let's get into the AFC title game. Let's let's burn Buffalo to the ground in the most like positive way ever. <laughs> What's good, everybody? I want to tell you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give you every opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this that I mentioned above for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for the initial setup. Look, as someone that has used many host sites in the past to upload the podcast, this is a tremendous deal. Absolutely tremendous. This is not in the ad read. You get personal cover art, Q&As, a Discord community, tips and tricks. I didn't have that luxury when I first got started, and Blue Wire Hustle is here to give you that. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so you can get your applications in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Kansas City, Cleveland. What the fuck was that last week? That was crazy. The weird start time of 3.05. But how are we feeling about this one, man? Do you think the run ends here for Cleveland? Yeah, it's a very lopsided matchup. But (laughs) I'm always intrigued that any matchup that consists of one of the best ground games against just dominant offense like i always like to see how can a team you know control control the time possession compared to a team that could put up 40 points in like 20 minutes like there were some crazy stats looking back at 2018 like there were times where the chiefs would only have like 24 minutes possession yet they'd still pull up like 35 points so i'm just looking forward to see how cleveland could control the clock and just try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand for so long with Chubb and Hunt. That, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, it's the classic matchup of a team that could control the time of possession against a team that they don't give a fuck how long they have the football. It's kind of like Tennessee, Kansas City last year. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's, like it's so identical. wild because Kansas City goes against all the norms of how to beat them, mm-hmm. right? Like the way you want to beat them is what you said. Run the ball, keep mm-hmm. Mahomes off the field, limit the time of possession. We're like, yo, they just they just need possessions is the only thing. They don't care. They again, they score in bunches so crazy and so often 
and so fast. Mm-hmm. It is really unbelievable to see. 25-5 and five in his career after a bye week, including playoffs. Six straight for Andy Reid. You have that factor coming in also. The best. Andy Reid. I am a little bit concerned. One of my favorite bets this weekend, Alan. Browns plus six in the first half. I can see them. Yo, Mahomes hasn't played since week 16. Right. So you got week. He plays week 16. Misses week 17. Has a bye week. You're looking at like a legitimate three weeks. I feel like didn't we have this conversation last year though? Like th- and and think about how that game started, bro. You're down oh, twenty four. You I'm, I'm trying to remember what that game was. Oh yeah, Kelsey three and out, two drops on the first they two drives. Fumble, think, yeah. They had a fumble. Uh, Hardman like got a ball tipped or whatever. Right. Just so I, 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 all right, all right. But again, this yeah. is the team that it don't matter if they go down. It really doesn't. So. I'm really fascinated from that standpoint. It'd be dope to see Cleveland playing ahead because I think that's the only way that they can win this game Mm -hmm. is if they jump out to a lead and then you just see like, yo, is this really where your MO is going to be if you're Kansas City? Right. And I think the Chiefs quietly have had good performances defense. I know no one really talks about it, but I think Tyron Matthews still playing at a high level. I love Tredavious Ward. He's a playmaker that's emerging. Like Chiefs got some players defensively. So everyone knows about Chris Jones. He's a wrecker. Frank Clark's been a little consistent. But I think that Chiefs defense, especially you know, with Spagnolo, you know he's gonna bring the heat on Mayfield. Spags, my yeah, guy. I know, I, like I know Mayfield's played better recently, but he still has some bad tendencies. So <clears> they'll look at that, and you know, we you gotta see Cleveland's situation come off COVID. Like, is Batonio gonna play? Uh, what about Denzel Ward? When we look at the defensive side of it, so they like they did their thing against Pittsburgh, but it's like now you gotta be, somehow try to be at full strength because like, these are big losses, and uh, Jack Conklin got banged up as well. So, like, Cleveland, they need all they could get. They need all the reinforcements. So, you know, keep – this is similar to last week. Keep track of who's on coming back from COVID, what's the practice situation like, because, you know, if they don't have a complete offense line or they don't have a Denzel Ward, it's going to be a long day because, you know, their corners got torched by Pittsburgh and against a team that, you know, you didn't know if their quarterback could hit it like a 20-yard pass. Quarterbacks drafted number one overall against Andy Reid in postseason history. Ooh, it's a fun style. I want to hear this. They've had six meetings. There's been six times where a number one QB has played Andy Reid in the playoffs. Alan, what would you guess the record is? One in five. Wow. Yo, what are you, cheater? <laughs> no, I don't know. You got how many touchdowns, Gabe? What the fuck? What's on the laptop over there? <laughs> Death charts, injury reports. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, one in, one in five, man. Right. Is, would they consider Vic or no? Because I know they beat Vic. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I'm not. I'm not like sure. Number one. Did they mean overall number one pick? No, number one overall. Or number one pick. quarterback. No. Oh, number no. one overall. I would love to know who else he's gone up against. No. Man, off the top, it'd be because Vic was not number one, or was he? So Eli Manning. Oh. They beat him in the playoffs. Oh man, that was the Plaxico year. Yeah, yeah. I was never more confident that the Giants. <laughs> were gonna, I was like, "Yo, get the banner ready!" Like, what's going on? They were eleven and one. They beat the Steelers and the Cardinals. Right. Um, hmm, let's see who else. Uh, I don't know. I want to leave yeah, listeners yeah, yeah, hanging, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, right. I, that's definitely something to look up. <clears throat> what uh, what would you say your lean is in this game? You think it's Kansas City? I'll be shocked if Kansas City doesn't win this by double digits. This is the game. Yes, I agree with you there. This is the game that Cleveland's defense is not good. Like, I love their pass rush, but even then, like, you expect Andy Reid to construct a game plan where it's like, okay, we're going to limit Miles Garrett. The rest, we'll see if they could beat us. But, like, you could get that Brown secondary. And when you have Tariq Hill, Kelsey, uh, 
McCole Hardman's a big play waiting to happen. Watkins, he comes alive in the playoffs. You know, Demarcus Robinson's a nice gadget player. You know, uh, Edwards Hilaire, I think, might come back. Like, they just have so much explosiveness. Like, <clears throat> there is no, like, something catastrophic would have to happen for Cleveland not, or excuse me, for Kansas State not to score at least 35 points. I think they're, they score at least 35, if not over 40. I'm really proud of this comparison, so please don't shit on it when I say I, it I, I, and, and have an open mind. You know what this game reminds me of? What, what game and postseason this reminds me of? Remember when the Chargers beat the Ravens in the playoffs? And then the next week they played New England and they got housed? I could see it. Very similar in the sense where Cleveland jumps out to a big lead against Pittsburgh. Then Pittsburgh kind of came back. They turned into like an 11-point game. The same way Baltimore did. Yeah, Remember yeah. Baltimore cut it to like four or five They points. wanted Flacco to come in. Shame yeah, yeah, on you, yeah. Fitz. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they go next week. They play New England. Got fucking shellac. I see this exact scenario playing out this uh, week. Only criticism I have, is it, I have with that is that... Cleveland, Kansas City is much more lopsided. I thought there was legitimate consideration for the Chargers to beat the Patriots because the Patriots weren't point. exactly a powerhouse. Yeah, that people year. were actually picking the Chargers to yeah, win, or at least they competitive. Like, this, come on, like I, you're a Cleveland fan and you can't be picking them. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Okay, but no, I agree with that comparison involving the first game. Like that's actually pretty comparable as i'm saying because you remember that game like lamar couldn't complete a pass there were times i thought big ben couldn't complete a pass yeah yeah <laughs> so, shit that was crazy yeah. but uh all right i think i think kansas city comfortably as well next up the meeting of the two oldest quarterbacks in nfl history third time they're meeting this year third time saints beat the shit out of them that one game in tampa that was wild that was like early AB trying to get implemented into it. Drew Brees is five. No, that was AB's first game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Dude, he ran, uh, I, think, <clears throat> I think he was supposed to run a, like a deep out. He ran a go and like Brady threw it up and like AB was like 10 yards away and like Marshall Lammer was just waiting there. So there's some interesting stats on this one. The Saints defeated the Buccaneers twice this season. Teams to sweep the regular season series are 17-7 and seven at home in the playoffs all time. I was wondering about that because it, you know it's so hard to beat a team three times in one year. Like you saw it, like Tennessee, they could have beaten Baltimore three times in one calendar year because you look at the divisional round last year, November. So they could have beaten Baltimore three times in one calendar year. They couldn't do it. So I'm curious, like, can New Orleans do this? And this is a Tampa Bay team now. I think they're really starting to get healthy because you remember the first game, Mike mm-hmm. Evans was coming off a bad hamstring. He was a decoy. I thought last week he was going to be a decoy. He puts up 110, that warrior. Man, I, dude, I love, man, Mike Evans. That's I'm a Mike Evans guy for life, man. Like, he's just a gamer. Like, that dude was just bringing it last week. So, he's healthy now. And uh, Antonio Brown's been there for, what, two months? Mm-hmm. So, their only concern, I guess, is Ronald Jones. And I like Ronald Jones, but let's just say he's not a big-time loss. So, uh, Tampa Bay's going to this game, I think, relatively healthy. Tom Brady, since that debacle Sunday night football game, 5-0, 14 touchdowns, one interception. Sorry, since the bye week, week 13. Yeah, because I'm about to say he kind of struggled. <clears throat> what was that, Rams game, I remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I should have read that whole sentence before right. making assumptions like an asshole. It's a t- <laughs> but, uh, dude, um, I am I'm fat. It's weird, right? Because I think michael thomas last week showed everybody why he's so valuable to that team and to drew Brees in particular absolutely and it was weird that dude harris was like the number one wide receiver but he only he could move yo he ran 17 routes he caught seven passes on seven targets it's so wild yeah. like they really like using him. i don't think the bears were like i know the bears defense played well but they weren't organized <clears throat> like even uh bruce aarons talked about it. like yeah they played well but when they 
start playing zone where you should start eating them up. Like to me, Tampa needs to play man to man, which is not Tom Bowles' style. So I'm kind of concerned like how they're gonna do this because Tampa's corners are slow. You look at Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean bites on double moves, uh Carlton Davis is still someone not sold on. So you look at these receivers, guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Harris. I think they could do some damage. Now, the big question is, will Drew Brees connect with him? Because anything over 20 yards, you get concerned with Drew Brees because he cannot push the ball downfield anymore. Yeah, he looks shot. Yeah, But he could tear up a team underneath. Like you saw in Chicago, he was hitting like him and Thomas, and Jared Cook made a couple of plays underneath. So if you give him that space, which top bowls defenses tend to do, uh, Brees could get things going. Who would you prefer from a fan standpoint what is the better NFC title game? We both have the Packers going. It's no debate, Tampa. Oh yeah, huh? New Orleans is kind of dull. Like I, we, everyone loves Kamara. The, I don't get the hype for New Orleans, man. No, they just have a really good roster, and <clears throat> they've been contending for four years now. Like they've been consistently in the divisional round, besides last year, the whole loss to the Vikings. But they're constantly in the discussion of are they going to make this Super Bowl? And they've somehow managed to find the most embarrassing ways to you know, lose out on the opportunity. So that's why. And look, you say what, well, but like their roster is really good. They've signed, they've drafted a lot of talent. Like that 2017 draft class is legendary. Hmm. Lattimore, Kamara, Ramchek, Anzalone, uh, Trey Hendrickson, who I think is supposed to be back. Remember, he didn't play against Chicago. That's a big return. Uh, so you know, I could see why this happened. No I just don't think they're that enjoyable to watch. Like, come on, that bears... Saints game was rough to get through. I'm also trying to f- think of Drew Brees and the frozen tundra. Um, mm. It's just, I just think Tampa with their playmakers and the way Brady could still push the ball downfield, it's just a better matchup. Yeah, I want uh, I want Tampa Bay to win this game. Right. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay also. I'm, I'm not I'm not buying Brees, man. I'm picking Tampa Bay too. <clears throat> I just think with uh, their weapons offensively, they could push the Saints defense and. Uh, as much as we uh, talk about, okay, Kamara and Thomas and you know Jared Cook maybe plays underneath, it's just, I don't know. Like, I get concerned about Breeze being able to handle pressure. Like, you saw when Chicago brought extra men you know, to the A-gap, like, Breeze was getting riled, and Todd Bowles will bring the heat. So, I think Tampa Bay, those first two games, they were still kind of transitioning. They were banged up. I think now they've really hit their stride. Even though they didn't look particularly great against Washington, I still think that offense looked really good. So, I'm gonna put that my faith in them, but it's still it's still a close game because that defense, you know, what they've assembled in New Orleans, like you you hit Brady a bit, he could get riled as well. So I think it's probably as cliche as it sounds. I think whoever quarterback is most comfortable and is more efficient is probably gonna win this game. It's really gonna come down to both quarterbacks. I'm going with Tampa. I'm going with Tampa too. So our picks. Let's recap our picks. You, we both got the Packers. We're split on on Buffalo. You're Baltimore. Yeah, right. Uh, we're both on the Chiefs. Both on the Bucks. Rather comfortably, Kansas City. Yeah. Right. And then we're both on the Bucks. Right. I feel bad we didn't give more love to the Browns, but it's just it's such a lopsided match. It's it's the task at hand, yeah. which. But hey, this was a huge, phenomenal season. Like you experienced playoffs, you got a win, you beat your bitter rivals, like Cleveland. Like this you didn't beat them. You embarrassed them. Yeah, you embarrassed them. You you picked that, by the way. I did not. I picked Pittsburgh in that one. Yeah, you yeah. embarrassed them the way you did that to them, and you shut them up. At least you should have. Like Claypool is like, oh, they're gonna get Spain, but bro, just take the L and move on. Yeah. Come on, man. Like I don't know, like, dude. I know Mike Tomlin <clears throat> to be this ultra disciplinarian, this huge authoritative figure. 
these wide receivers are speaking out of line. Like, ah, oh man. Like, I don't know how much Juju, like, Juju's going to get paid this offseason, but I wonder how much did he damage his value on the free agent market with his antics these past few you weeks. You lose respect from your peers when you do that. Right. I think to bring it into MMA, I know Connor's fighting next weekend. Yeah. Dude, I feel like a lot of people loved Connor's demeanor after losing to Nate that first time. Right. Remember, he was like super humbled. He's like, yo, it's the fight game. This is what happens. I'm not going to make no excuses. I hope I have an opportunity to run it back. And people were just like, yo, you talk all this shit. You got humbled. Yeah. And you just move on from it. Exactly. Like, Claypool and those guys should have been like, hey, man, they, they shut us up. It is what it is. All right. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But These young Gen Zers. <laughs> Wait, that's the word call them now? I don't know. I guess so. I hate those terms. I already still hear the word millennial. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I just think of like Vince McMahon's voice, just like yelling these damn millennials. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the hell? You're fired. Yeah. By the way, do you, do you agree like this is the best weekend of the year when it comes to like, I think, like, I love these matchups. Like, even though Cleveland, Kansas State is lopsided, it's still a fun game. Like, I love both teams. But I think last weekend probably surpassed that only because you had more games. The quality, man. Like, from a quality standpoint, the reason this was always the case is because you would have the four best teams from yeah. the conference playing also. Like, those two late games are ugly. Like, I didn't, like, salute to Cleveland, but I didn't particularly enjoy Cleveland. If you much. think the defense for the Rams could show up the way you were spot on with them last week, mm -hmm. three of the four games are super compelling. Right. The one being Kansas City. But they're just going to be appealing because they might fucking put up a 40 right. spot. And, and we have three games that weather could play a huge factor. That includes Kansas City as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So it's cool that we're going to have the outdoor scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all right, let's wrap up. Alan, where can they find you? Alan underscore Sturk. That's A-double-L-E-N <clears throat> underscore S-T-R-K. Guys, at The Lame Shows, you can find me at Veterans Minimum as you can find everything for this show. Before we sign off, make sure you go and please listen to the episode I did with Dr. Carlene MacMillan on mental health and suicide prevention. It was a very, very special episode to myself and to everyone here at Veterans Minimum. It meant a lot to us. And uh, it's a very important one, you know, getting tremendous feedback on this one. Thanks to everyone that has tagged us on Instagram. If you're listening to the show, tag us, uh, tag Veterans Minimum, tag myself tag Alan on the episodes that he's on also show us some love really want to grow the show take it to the next level and shout out to everyone at blue wire man that reposted it it meant a lot to me it was a very important conversation and uh yeah before we go to the members of the patreon we're back to 60 shout outs to all of you if i could kiss you all i would but you know covid man it gets a little crazy nick chavez christopher velasquez daniel gibson Derek platis devin rendon jake the snake powers Corey Johnson Hoops, Ryan Pisner is going to be at the 50-yard line against the Bills, Bills Mafia. That dude's in heaven. That dude is in heaven. Yeah, he's going to I told him, you better be hammered by fucking kickoff, brother, brother. And Mike Wozniak, thank you all for your contributions. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy football. Hit these bets. And congrats. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh, this one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.